Hello, my name is Reverend Jessica Clay and my pronouns are she, her. Dear ones, I so wish I could be with you today, but thanks to the miracle of technology, I'm able to be with you virtually. Some of you know I contracted COVID last week while visiting family. This is not the way I wanted to begin my first advent with you all. But we all know that life happens when we're making plans. And COVID has highlighted this over and over again these past few years. The way it has made our lives come to a stop. The way it's told us we have to slow down. Made us aware of our interdependence and interconnectedness. It's made us aware of how fragile life is. <clears throat> Yesterday, I called several friends to get an opinion that would allow me to come to the auction last night and come to church this morning without putting people in danger, but sadly, they were all on the side of science. It's fitting that this is a sermon on mental health and the holidays because all it can take is to have a cold or COVID. Nori's here with me, <laughs> being a little distracting. All it can take is to have a cold or COVID to bring up feelings of loneliness and isolation, feelings of shame around contracting it. And the strongest feeling I had yesterday, FOMO, also known as fear of missing out. I had that in spades last night. We are entering this time of Advent. The word Advent comes from the Latin word for waiting, Adventus. In the Christian tradition, it was a time of waiting for the birth of Jesus. For Unitarian Universalists, it invites us into this time of waiting for the world we're hoping to bring into being and waiting for our own personal change that we hope will come. With the end of the year on the horizon, this time is one in which we often do a review of the past year. Social media will help with that. Spotify will tell you what your top songs of the year were, Facebook has an app that will show you your year in review, and many of us go through an emotional year in review, thinking back on our experiences, our moments of joy, and moments of grief and sadness and worry. So much is built up around this season, so much pressure around consumerism, having the perfect holiday, whatever that means. I'm pretty sure it only happens on the Hallmark Channel. <clears throat> For some, this time of year is harder than any other. If you've had a beloved die this year or in previous years, memories of them are at the forefront of our minds right now. Memories of the holidays we had and the ones we wished we would have before and after. We are all living the after. This month is also Seasonal Affect Disorder Awareness Month. Seasonal affect disorder is a type of depression that comes on every year like clockwork. It's thought that the de decrease in light is part of the cause of it. And so many people know that during the winter months, we have to tend to our own mental health because it is such a tender time. As we heard from Teal's chalice lighting, many people have different coping mechanisms to help them through these times. For her, it's folding season. For others, it may be something different. And what's true is that there is pressure when people ask you, how are you, to say, I'm good, because we're supposed to be merry and make cheer right now, right? But instead, what about saying, it's a hard time for me, because often people don't know what to do with that and awkward silence can follow. 
But normalizing not being okay right now is a gift that we can give each other in this covenantal community. That when someone asks you how you are, you can answer them truthfully, and we can help hold that space together. You may not want to trust everyone with telling them that you might be struggling, but finding those key people that you can trust and that you're willing to let in your circle, it's not going to make everything better, but it will be a gentle caring in the midst of loneliness. When I was in my 30s, I began to intentionally put a lot of effort towards my mental health. I started therapy and took time to see the ways that my patterns were helping or hindering me. This continued to serve me as I went to seminary and became a minister, in addition to getting coaching and going to different recovery groups. When my daughter Penelope passed away and my grandmother passed away within a few months of each other, I did the work, which at that point was surviving, going to grief counseling, and moving through each day, tending to my spirit, knowing that I didn't need to make meaning out of what had happened. And so each day I tried to tend to my spirit. I prioritized exercise and meditation. And therefore, when I became pregnant with Eleanor later that year, I was caught off guard with how high my anxiety was. I thought I could tough it out because I had made it that far. But my doctor sat me down and gave me a good talking to about the importance of prioritizing my mental health before she was born. And then after a lot of Googling, I decided to start anti-anxiety meds. Of course, I recommended them for others, but I thought I didn't need them. They, but they made such a difference in the rest of my pregnancy and allowed me access to joy that I didn't have before. Therefore, if you are someone who has been thinking about starting medication or you are currently on medication, I want you to know that it was and is a brave choice that you make. And sometimes the strongest choices are to say that you need help. And right now, during this season, when it seems like so many people have these perfect Instagrammable lives, we're invited to normalize naming what's hard with each other, to normalize talking about the things that we do to help us make it through, to normalize talking about hard days, normalize asking for help. The ways that we can prioritize our mental health are wide and varied. One of my friends said that she asks people to check in with her around specific dates. They do it every December, and every December she's glad that she made that ask. Some people prioritize taking walks and being out in nature. For others, it might be sitting in front of a sun lamp, and for others, it might be making your house as cozy as possible, taking time to enjoy this time of going inward, curling up on the couch with a good book or a Hallmark movie. For some, it's medication, it's therapy. For others, it might be scheduling a lot of social outings this month, maybe more than they normally would because they know it's a hard month. Advent is a time of waiting, waiting to see what's coming forth. So I invite you to think about what are you waiting for today? What are you hoping to bring into being into the new year? What are the ways that you want to prioritize your mental health this month? What are the intentions you want to set as we move through this end of 2023? And if this whole sermon hasn't spoken to you because you don't have a hard time around the holidays, know that this season of waiting is for you as well. But this time of waiting is an invitation to spiritual practices for everyone. 
a time of intention, a time of mindfulness. You can still have your own folding season that can be spiritual practices. They could be like the labyrinth practice that Nico invited us to in their Time for All Ages. It could be journaling to reflect on this past year and your intentions moving forward. It could be having a spiritual practice of gratitude before bed each night. And it can be folding beautiful stars for yourself or for loved ones. A practice for the hands that calms the mind. Today in the service, we get a chance to practice folding stars. Teal is going to provide some instruction, and Carla is going to put pictures on the screen so that you can fold parts of a star together. You're asked to leave the parts of the star in the basket at the end of your pews. We're going to glue them together to make stars for our pageant in a couple of weeks. And if you're watching online while everyone is receiving folding instructions, I invite you to share in the chat what helps you to get through this time of Advent. What are your spiritual practices that ground you? What helps you prioritize your mental health? Please, if you're watching online, write those in the chat box now. And Teal, if you would please give the instructions for folding now. Thank you. In our reading earlier, Reverend Christina Herrera writes, You stand at the edge of mystery, at the edge of the deep, with light streaming at you, and you can't hide anything, not even from yourself. When you stand there like that, then what? The armful of worries you brought to the edge of mystery have fluttered to your feet. Unobscured by these, you shine back, light emanating unto light. You with your broken heart and your seeking. You are the utterance of the timeless word. The name of the holy is pronounced through your being. The name of the holy is pronounced through your being. Dear ones, during this time of waiting, may you prioritize tending to your mental health tending to your spirit, and naming in community when you are struggling. May you prioritize spiritual practices this month as we say goodbye to 2023 and prepare to greet 2024. There is no better time than right now to start. And if you are struggling and you need help, please reach out to someone, be it myself or Reverend Jack, a trusted person, your therapist, our pastoral care team, know that you don't have to go it alone. Let this community help hold you. May you remember that we are all in this together as we gather at the edge of mystery, uncertain about what the future will hold, dreaming big about what we want to bring into being this Advent. My hope is that you will bring deep care for yourself and for this world. Amen.